Welcome to another episode of Coffee Fueled Rampage, where we talk about pop culture and how it relates to our lives. I'm your host, Kylie, and with me today is Joe. Say hi, Joe. Hey, what's up? Okay. So, Joe, do you want to tell people what we're going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about um, Pastafarianism and our Lord and Savior, the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Ah. Best topic ever. <laughs> no, actually, we're going to be talking about The Simpsons, one of the uh, greatest shows that uh, hit television in our lifetime. So, <laughs> I completely agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and it's a lot to try and get in an episode. Um, Thirty years of television, a silver screen movie, uh, soon to be two silver screen movies. Uh, they did confirm that in August of last year. So. It's uh, a lot to confirm and get in all at once. So, How did I miss the news of another movie? Oh, yeah. Back in August, uh, Fox did confirm there's going to be The Simpsons 2. Um, I haven't said much more about it since then, but, you know, we'll see what that turns into. So, uh, You know that uh, Marge Simpson is now technically a Disney princess? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um that's uh, one of the things that uh, the big things that uh, goes along with the whole Simpsons predicting the future is the uh, Fox Disney merger that is currently happening. So um, a lot of people were worried about what was going to happen with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Fox had originally said that uh, the Simpsons would not be a part of the merger, but guess what? It is. Uh, (laughs) I don't think they get to pick and choose what's part of the merger. I think it's everything. Especially since The Simpsons has been one of Fox's biggest moneymakers ever. So, I, yeah, I had no doubt that that was going to be a part of it. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, when I first posted about wanting to do this podcast, uh, you threw out a couple of ideas, and then I was like, ah, not really what the podcast is meant to be about. This was, like, when I first, like, started putting out the idea. And then, um, two weeks ago, the weekend of St. Patrick's Day, I saw you during a friend's concert, and mentioned to you that if you still wanted to be on the show, you were welcome to. We just couldn't do the topics that you tossed out. And you very excitedly were like, The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. As soon as I heard uh, the the, uh, whole pop culture thing, I was just like, absolutely The Simpsons, for sure. Um, There's not a whole lot uh, more that I get excited about. I'm a giant fanboy of this show. Uh, have been for several years now. Uh, also, uh, Futurama, that's another one I hit on. Uh, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe an episode of the future, because that definitely could not be included with everything today. But <laughs> Yeah, there's a bit much going on today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With just The Simpsons alone. But if we ever do a Futurama episode, I might have to do a merger between you and my friend Jesse. Um, I might have to get the both of you on, uh, because that is also like his favorite show. But today we're focusing on America's favorite family, The Simpsons. For sure. Uh, so, you... You said that you've been a fan of it for years. When did you really start, like, listening, or not listening, but watching? Uh, so, one of the 
things with uh, people our age is there are two kinds of people. There were people that were allowed to watch The Simpsons when they were kids, and there were people that were not allowed to watch The Simpsons when they were kids. I am one of the ones that was not allowed. <laughs> you know, Interesting. Yeah, with uh, Bart's you know whole rebellious thing, that was what <laughs> mainly scared the general populace. And um, you know, it was a. Uh, I grew up with a pretty devoutly Christian home, so uh, ah. there were. It was very. This was not okay. So uh, it was about ten years ago when I first started working. Uh, I met a guy who was a crazy fan of The Simpsons, older guy. Uh, he was a fan of The Simpsons when it first came out and followed the show. He collected a ton of stuff that had to do with The Simpsons. He was like, you really got to check this out. So I sat down sort of watching The Simpsons with him, and that was when I got hooked. So it was uh, started off with the movie, actually. The movie was the first thing he showed me. So Okay, interesting. Yeah. So uh, about 10 years ago, and I've just been an uh, avid follower ever since. <laughs> okay, so you're like up to date on all the seasons and everything? Absolutely not. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen quite a bit at this point, uh, but uh, 30 years of television is a lot to get under your belt. So Yeah, even if like <laughs> you have the time to be able to sit and binge watch it. and Not always guaranteed, especially uh, these days since we're both grown working adults. Yep, yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> I was one of those kids that was allowed to watch The Simpsons. I actually watched it with my dad. Uh, that's like my first real memory of it. Um, I remember sitting down and like on Sundays very specifically sitting down with him and um there was like a show that was on like right before and I can't for the it was some kind of live action show can't for the life may remember what it was but then the Simpsons would come on and we'd watch an episode and then I'd go to bed um and then I, I it actually kind of became like an interesting bonding point with me and my stepdad as with like multiple other things like um he and I also bond over like music and beer but the Simpsons is like very distinctly a specific bonding point for us like I've bought him weird little uh, Simpsons memorabilia over the years and stuff like that. Um, yeah, the marketing and the merchandising for the show has been huge. I mean, like I said, the the guy who got me into the Simpsons. A, uh, his name's Eric, and it was just crazy. The uh, the board games, the, I mean, just collectors-only items versus everyday useful items. I mean, Homer, you know, Homer Simpson slippers and things like that. I mean, just, it's insane what they've done with the merchandising on that. And it's been a huge moneymaker for Fox, so. Oh, extremely. Well, uh, not to get too far off topic, but when... Uh, merchandising in general is huge. When Spaceballs first came out, uh, the guys that did that movie actually asked George Lucas if they could make a parody. And <laughs> he was all for it. He thought it was hilarious. He loved the idea. But he's added in one very specific clause. No merchandising mm -hmm. at all. Right. Right. Uh, which is why in the line, or in the movie, there's like a line about like merchandising is where the money is. Mm-hmm. He was so stoked that they wanted to make this movie. They were not allowed to do any merchandising because that would get them money based off, technically based off his idea. Parody or not, it's still his idea. Yeah, well, I remember uh, watching an interview of uh, Seth MacFarlane talking about Family Guy and their spoofs of the uh, Star Wars 
trilogies and whatnot in the movies <laughs> since then. And they were, you know, they were expecting it to get the pants suit off of them. <laughs> and they finally, you know, got with Lucasfilm and they were just like, oh, no, we're actually really excited you guys are doing this. But, you know, it was the same kind of thing. Like, you can't do any kind of this is our this is our thing. You can't make any money off of our idea. So, yeah. But the merchandising for The Simpsons, I feel like it's very far reaching because there's so many small little things in there that you can like do merchandising off of. Like um, the soap that had Simpsons, or Homer Simpson's face on it, the uh, mm-hmm. Japanese laundry soap. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Itchy and scratchy, everything with Krusty Land. There's so many like small little things that are like maybe only in there for like a couple of episodes or like long running gags that are like they're just like, hey, hey, let's just do it for everything. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, there's been some recent developments. Uh, I know Universal's got a Simpsons ride now. Um, And then they don't don't just have a Simpsons ride. They have like an entire little department that is Simpsons. Like you can go to the quickie mart and you can get a lard lad donut. And it's super cool. Right. Exactly. I want to go so badly. (laughs) Right. And uh, I actually, if I remember correctly, there's like a whole street now where they've even created a Moe's Tavern. Um, You know, they've got just all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, it's it's basically my future paradise. So oh yeah, I <laughs> at, some, at some point I'll be making a trip. Oh yeah, I can't wait until I make enough money to be able to make the trip. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, do you want to start on cultural relevance first, or conspiracy theories? Oh, we'll save the conspiracy theory um, theories. I guess there's a few, but. Uh, a couple of big ones. Let's uh, let's hit the cultural relevance, especially for all the I hate using the word haters, but for all the haters <laughs> out there who say that the Simpsons died. So they are so not dead. Okay, so I've actually been able to keep up with the past few seasons because um, I've got Hulu and they upload like the the newest season and everything. Uh, the Simpsons has this uncanny ability to update itself to be with modern times like in the newer episodes there's like cell phones and like all the new technology advances i think like two weeks ago they had an episode about like a podcast Mm -hmm. like you you understand the irony here right Right. (laughs) um but they don't they don't really like make things so like time stamped like i i don't know if like we'll ever see like cardi b on the simpsons Nothing against her, but she's like, you know, she's like very relevant and very big right now. Um, but I don't think like we'll ever see like her or like a reference to her on The Simpsons or anything that will like really truly be able to like date stamp when it was when that episode came out. I think that right. like their their general like moving and uh, advancement with technology and society without putting particular pins in things is very finesseful and very nice. Right, and you know they make that work with the floating timeline that they established from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they celebrate birthdays and holidays and all that, you know, throughout mm-hmm. seasons. But at the same time, Bart, Lisa, Maggie, none of them are getting older. There's no nope. changing with any of that. So the floating timeline really works out well for that. And they adopt or uh, adapt to not just what's going on 
uh, as far as television, but what's going on in the world in general. So, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, recently, the biggest thing that hit social media was uh, every the the controversy with Apu, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was a thing that a lot of people wrote about. Uh, you had all kinds of uh, commentary on it. I'll be polite and call it that. You know. Yep. You had educated people saying some things, and then you had like your racist uncle on Facebook saying other things about Apu. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a mixed bag there. It's just yeah. it, the thing that interests me about that is that it's been 30 years, and I I'd consider The Simpsons to be a pretty progressive show. They had an eight-year-old Buddhist vegetarian. Uh, for anybody that hasn't seen The Simpsons or is not like super updated on that knowledge, that's listening to this episode. It's Lisa Simpson, their daughter. Um, she is. Uh, Buddhist she is a vegetarian I think it I think she might even be vegan um, but like that's canon um, and they started doing that in like season five and that's that, not a good timeline but they did it very on it early they did it very early in the show yeah that was that actually sounds about right because she was just Lisa was just kind of described as the middle child um, mm-hmm between you know when they were originally plotting out the show and whatnot and she got more of a role as far as that whole activist thing going uh yeah. once they really got you know up and rolling with the show so um uh, that sounds about right and she's actually had some really provocative episodes that are really um uh, it's 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 been thought provoking to say the least. <laughs> yes, she's definitely a very well fleshed out character. Mm-hmm. Um, she's more than just a little eight year old girl. And don't get me wrong, they they definitely let her stay an eight year old girl. Like she's still obsessed with having a pony, and she still you know like needs her mom and her dad, and um, she's still like concerned with like the girls at school liking her while still doing well in school, and she's still an eight year old girl. And they make sure at the end of the day that you remember that that she is an eight year old girl. However, with like the Malibu Stacy thing, when they had the one that said math is hard, like she was <laughs> in such a rage about that, and it made me so happy because it's like yeah, sometimes math is hard i'll be the first to admit it math is hard but you shouldn't have like the point of that was like not market you know the lack of intelligence to young women um right. or the the cop out of like well it's hard so i'm not going to try and apply myself you know it's uh when they do apply things uh and they the uh producers of the show have even been like yeah we've got a little little bit of a liberal bent you know that's just yeah, the nature of our show, but they're going. When we apply these things, we're willing to poke a little bit of fun at everything. Oh yeah, and I think that's and, what makes it great, right? And we're all nothing is not, safe. <laughs> and we're also not going out left field. Like uh, I would almost argue that a lot of what uh, Lisa is active about is with uh, like classic uh, feminism. And yes, it's not anything crazy. It's just things that should just be. Uh, normal and not a thing that wasn't normal before you know <laughs> exactly you know, like, why why are we just now addressing this kind of thing so <laughs> exactly well and then why does a, a granted an adult cartoon but why does a, a cartoon feel the need to address it well they want to branch out to a wider audience and right. 
having at least one character that shares views with having like so you have the rebellious Bart that's like a give no shits about anything attitude you know pretty bad to the bone kid um and then you have like Homer that's like the I'm using air quotes <laughs> uh stereotypical not quite deadbeat dad because I definitely wouldn't call Homer a deadbeat dad but kind of a uh you know I come home after a long day at work. I just want to sit on the couch and have a beer and watch TV and not really deal with the kids. And you've got like the overworked, do everything mother and Marge. And then Maggie's, well, a baby. Um, and then you've got like all the other characters that represent different things. But I think Lisa specifically, I think having some kind of like more liberal voice where you could, ha- uh, that you can have developed into like its own character to kind of be able to produce both sides of like, here's the conservative side. Here's the liberal side. Here's like all the different sides that we're trying to culminate together. Right. And I think that they do that pretty nicely. Yeah, no, they have definitely gone well with fleshing out the characters. Uh certain things uh with each individual of the main cast uh there's been several episodes with bart that i love of course being the uh rebellious guy i am there's been some interesting ones with homer uh especially with this whole uh like you said coming home drinking a beer not dealing with the kids kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh even some uh undertones of, of uh things like uh, alcoholism and things like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, and they, they never really directly address it. That It's there, it's a theme, and it's been there since the beginning of the show, but they never really directly hit it on the head. So, it's been... I don't know, that's something that they... Uh, kind of a dark undertone of the show. Yeah, and I guess you could say there's quite a bit of that. Um biggest example is whenever uh bart pisses homer off uh he chokes him (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, we're not gonna gloss over that like that's an actual thing like that is child abuse yeah the Um, the strangling scenes i think they i don't remember what the count is but i believe it's like there's over 500 scenes of uh homer strangling bart (laughs) at some point so many Um, but like that was meant to be like more com- uh, like comic relief, um, I guess. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it was meant to be a more comic relief that when you like really sit and think about that implication, and n- none of the episodes really have anything to do with each other. There is I, almost no overlap because I think when you're going on for 30 years, you can't have an overarching plot at all. Um, mm-hmm. You you can only have like individual episodic plots, right? But can you imagine if they did what kind of trauma that would have? <laughs> like, right. I've seen, like, comics online, like, fa- people doing fan art um, of, like, Bart in therapy, <laughs> and it's <laughs> wild. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he, he would totally need some therapy after that. Um, well, I mean, and there's some things that uh, Homer says throughout the show that's just like, oh, if my parents said that to me when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, I would still need therapy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the one of the big quotes from the show is, uh, "Well, you tried hard and failed miserably. The lesson here, kids, is never try." <laughs> I mean, oh my like, God. <laughs> when you're learning that kind of stuff, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to sort this out with a professional later. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
these are the lessons that I'm being taught by my parent. What can we do here? <laughs> um, right. But I do think that like the character, like we going back to character development outside of like just Lisa, like even Bart has been shown to have like a lighter side, a good quote unquote good side because that's and is anybody really good or bad? Like are those two things really that black and white? Um, right. But like. Bart's been shown to have a softer side, even with Lisa. Like, I think they're, what, two years apart in the show by age? Yep, eight. Lisa's eight, and then Bart is ten, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you're that close in age to your sibling, and then especially if you're, like, the quote-unquote bad kid, and you see your sister is, like, the perfect straight-A little angel, then you're gonna, like, be picking at each other constantly. But, like, there's been plenty of instances where, like, things will be happening, and Bart will stick up for Lisa, or, like, he'll be there to, like, kind of comfort her. Um, yeah, there are a lot of uh, Bart and Lisa episodes. There are a lot of mm-hmm. Bart and Maggie episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bart and Santa's little helper that's uh, oh. a theme that pops up <laughs> quite a bit, yeah. I love Bart and Santa's little helper, the best duo. Yeah, for sure. Um, the 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 Simpsons have broken my heart a couple of times, and one of the biggest times was actually a Bart part in the opening credits right after uh, Marsha Wallace died, who was the voice of Mrs. Krabappel. Oh, yeah, he was... He was uh, writing on the opening credits. Yeah. Instead of a bunch of lines, all he had was one, and he was sniffling, and all it said was, We'll really miss you, Mrs. K. Yeah. Man, they got me. They got me so hard. I mean, I was, throat was, you know, choking up a little bit. Yep. Man, how did they do this to me? (laughs) This is supposed to be a good time. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, they they they've shown that side of Bart plenty of times throughout the show, but also they've shown you know just and say I think I love Bart a lot because of some of the just crazy comments he's made. At one point he's talking to uh, Millhouse in an episode, one of my favorite lines, and uh, he t- he says Millhouse, there's no such thing as a soul. That's like uh, that's just something they say to scare kids, like the Boogeyman or Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson doesn't exist. Right. So, short little lines like that really kind of get me with Bart. So, but uh, that's also controversy. Speaking of uh, here lately, is uh, the Simpsons uh, producers actually just recently said they're going to quit airing the episode where Michael Jackson was a guest star with uh, the new documentary that's out about him and. uh, his ranch and everything like that so yeah kind of strange to me um the simpsons really are about owning their own thing uh mm-hmm. that was that was one of the beautiful things that they did in the beginning mm-hmm. uh before they even started the show was they had it in their contract that fox could not interfere with the show as far as content that was actually going to be my follow-up question was, do, are they getting heat from Fox to remove it? Because I think, I want to say South Park is getting the same kind of heat. Um, but, because, like, they have, like, an episode where, like, they have uh, one or two episodes where they had Michael Jackson, like, featured. Not him, actually. They just had, like, somebody else coming in with his voice. Right. Um, but I want to say that they're getting some heat also to, to like, stop airing those episodes. Oh, um, for sure. 
But, you know, South Park gets heat to not air any of their episodes ever. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just even this past season, they did uh, like there's been a couple ones. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I cannot believe you're doing this right now. <laughs> South Park is a whole other topic. I want to get into that someday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, call me again, because that's another one of my favorites. So. <laughs> we will get into that. Yeah. But uh, no, they South Park always impersonates everybody. But uh, the Simpsons have had just an insane ensemble of uh, guest appearances on their show, whether they play their own character or whether they voice another character. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's actually one of the records they hold is the most guest stars on a, a animated series ever. Uh, I actually have a whole list. <laughs> Tell me if the, any of these sound familiar. Uh, James Woods, Leonard Nimoy, Patrick Stewart, uh, Michael Jackson, Buzz Aldrin, Conan O'Brien, who actually used to write for the show. Oh, and I didn't Ro- know that. Yeah, he was. Uh, that was how he got started. Was he was a writer for The Simpsons, <laughs> and uh, eventually ended up writing his own episode after he made the jump to late night. But uh, James Earl Jones, Adam West, uh, Stephen Hawking, Hank Williams Jr., uh, all kinds of people. George Carlin, Mark Hamill, uh, another big one. Uh, uh, John Madden, Bob Hope, Betty White, Martin Sheen, Willem Dafoe, John Goodman, and Stephen Colbert. I mean, there's just all kinds of people. I think the last tally was somewhere over 700 guest stars they've had. Over the 30 years of the show. That is amazing. And how many presidents have they had come on? Like, I'm... Um, I actually could not find a list on that. I was curious on that. The, the main story with that was the one that cracks me up the most was they got referenced in public by uh, George Bush Sr., so he was, oh yeah he was giving a speech in 1992 and he said i want to make america more like the waltons and less like the simpsons and then yeah, yeah and then <laughs> the writers wrote a letter from marge to yeah. the white house right and she was like hey and the white house was like sorry right and uh they actually did a short little clip in response to that, they it was a rush job, but they managed to squeeze it in right after that speech where they're just like, hey, we're just like, it was Bart saying it. He's like, hey, we're just like the Waltons, too. We're waiting for the end of the Depression. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I don't know um, everything with Bush Sr. Maybe, you know, W grew up on The Simpsons and he was like, we got to get away from that or you're going to turn out like W or, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what his motive was in saying that. No idea. I think it's probably because it's like dumb, it quote unquote, dumb television, like dumb humor, stuff like that. No, there's quite a few intricacies within the Simpsons. It's a good time. Which is, which is actually the opposite with the Simpsons. The Simpsons is actually a very highbrow humor. It's not something that, you know, my son, for example, he's seven. I'd be all right sitting down watching The Simpsons with him right now. I mean, he probably won't understand most of the references. Yeah, but it's not like a it's not like a South Park or a Family Guy where it's just like I can't show this stuff to my kid. Nope. <laughs> right. 
there's a very highbrow. I mean, most of the writers are generally Ivy League educated. Yeah, that's actually something I was going to bring up. Um, I was reading up earlier doing some research and I saw a quote from, I think, Al, Al Jean. And he said, like, most of their writers are actually Harvard graduates. I was like, that is insane. Yeah, for sure. Which uh, kind of leads into part of the uh, census predict the future thing. It's a reoccurring thing. I'll keep bringing it up. But uh, the one I'll mention specifically is the Hicks uh, boson particle. Yes. Right. Yeah. So the Simpsons bring in all of these very well-educated, uh, very uh, articulate people as writers of their show. And back in 1999, in the Wizard of Evergreen Terrace, uh, Homer was trying to basically be the next inventor or the next scientist that got famous and made a lot of money. And there's an equation on the chalkboard in that episode where it is very, very close to the actual equation for the mass of the Higgs boson particle that was finally established and discovered in 2012 so it was almost eerie how close it was basically from what a lot of people have said just from looking at the screenshot of that chalkboard and looking at the actual math behind it so i mean they bring in a variety of people it's not just you know thinkers philosophers i mean that's a mathematician level oh yeah yeah so. That's not Matt Groening just slapping some uh, slapping some numbers on a on a frame. No, 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 no. Yeah, and you know, I I wonder how much Matt Groening is involved in the show at this point from a whole lot of what I know. I'm kind of wondering at that point too because this has been going on for so long, and now he's got so many other things that he's doing, like Disenchantment. Um, and he's gone through so many different... Currently doing Disenchantment, um, had done Futurama, brought back Futurama, um, still, I'm sure, overseeing The Simpsons. But, like, at what point are you able to, like, take a step back and just say, I think I'm good now? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> like, I've got, done this long enough, I trust the people that I'm hiring to do me right. Like, I think I'm just gonna go hang out by the pool. <laughs> right. Yeah, I... Not sure about his level of involvement. I know there's only been one episode where he actually had them take his name off of it because he was so pissed that they were doing it. And what it sounded like to me was it was really a shout out for another Fox show that was going on that James L. Brooks was all on board for. And he was just like, this is just straight propaganda for Fox's other show. I'm not here to carry it there the rest of their platform i'm just here to do my show so as far as i know that's the only episode he has pulled his name off of so interesting yeah uh and not only that but when they first started out they also had a guy uh, i can't remember his name i thought i had it written down somewhere but they had a guy that you know was credited as being like the savior of the show and he was always fighting against Matt Groening and uh, James L. Brooks. They were always arguing and he was arguing with Gracie Films. Um, I do have it written here. Sam Simon. 
It was Sam Simon. He was only on the show uh, for the first four years, but he negotiated in his contract that he would get paid for every year after that, that the Simpsons, you know, was on air or whatever. So up until 2015, when he died, he was just getting paid every year and not involved with the show at all. <laughs> that so, is how you do a contract. Yeah, and not only that, but he was also, uh, Sam Simon was also in the credits for every show, even though he hadn't done anything since 1993. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he really managed to uh, pull that off. I, You know, I mean, good for him. That's yeah. Cool. No, I, I mean, respect that level of lawyer. And I would say that uh, one of the directors of the show, uh, Brad Bird was his name, uh, called him basically the unsung hero because he was the one that was kind of playing devil's advocate a lot with mm-hmm. a lot of what was going on with The Simpsons. So I'm sure Matt Groening and James L. Brooks hated him, but, <laughs> you know. Well, he helped kick it all off and he helped it start its rolling and uh, we have him to thank. Make right. you deserve that paycheck. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, are we going to get into the predictions, or do you want to cover the movie real fast? Uh, let's hit the predictions. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of interesting ones. Um, obviously, the one that's most relevant right now, Donald Trump presidency. That was in uh, the episode "Bart to the Future" uh, back in 2000. And they've actually been quoted as saying, we wrote this as the joke of this is where America loses their minds and just votes Donald Trump as president. Um, Now here we are in 2019. Donald Mm -hmm. Trump is president. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will not comment any further on that. Just let that stand for what it is. But I will also add that back right around that time, uh, I want to say 99-2000, Trump was making appearances on Oprah and things like that. And he was talking about the possibility of running for president back then. Yeah. So that's that's not an insane reach. That's, no. Yeah. And that's not like a, they called it out of the blue kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like a couple of them are definitely uh, less predict the future and more just kind of a possible like a a potential like this is possible let's just go ahead and write it in because this makes sense in this scenario so like like you just said donald trump was making a lot of appearances i think he had um was that when the apprentice was on i think uh that was before the apprentice okay well he was a very wealthy man very well known name very well known by the way that he's getting on like all of these talk shows and everything it's really not a far jump to say to make that joke of like he'll be the president like this crazy not i don't want to call him crazy but this businessman that has nothing to do with politics literally nothing to do with politics except for like just potentially talking about maybe one of these days eventually running for president possibly who knows and then making a gag of him actually becoming president in the future. Really not that much of a jump, really not that conspiratorial, no crystal ball involved in that one. That was just a gag from the time relevance that just happened to come true. And also, you know, back 
Back in 1999, that was actually much more believable than it was in 2016. <laughs> yeah, you know? he just came out of nowhere. Like, it yeah. was just all of a sudden, he's like, okay, now's my time. It's like, where did you come from? For sure, yeah. Like, back then, you were at least talking about it. Where did you come from now? Why is 2016 the time? Did you get on the <laughs> phone with, like, one of those uh, telephone fortune tellers and she was like now is the time and then you're like okay like how do you do that oh and his announcement and everything it was so weird but i mean it was it was like i said it was much more believable back in 1999 he was again 20 years younger um at the time it would have been more believed that he was successful versus now that things have been fleshed out Mm -hmm. public eye and whatnot so i mean that's just uh i wouldn't call that one a crystal ball kind of thing versus that was kind of a thing that they just kind of were gonna run with it and they they do that with a lot of things that are going on in the world it may be a small thing but they'll pick it up and they'll go hey we can make a joke out of that (laughs) exactly and then the next thing you know all of a sudden it's coming true and suddenly it's not a joke anymore (laughs) but it's also not future prediction it's not like i think this is gonna happen it's not like when i had uh a couple of premonition dreams about like my my boss changing the name of where i work like that one was very particular that one's coming that one's an actual premonition dream this was just weird coincidence bizarre coincidence uh another one that's not really a prediction i guess i would almost call it a prediction but it's more like a you know this is gonna happen like mm. it, this, this isn't even it's not like a psychic prediction it's just uh this conglomerate is gonna do this disney taking over fox yeah I'm always talking about pretty, Disney. Yeah, that was a that was actually a pretty logical thing. Exactly. Yeah. That one was um, pure logic. Like I mean, they didn't know that the scale that Disney was going to take over everything. I mean, they've taken over Marvel. I mean, Deadpool the Disney Princess now. <laughs> my favorite. I mean, no, Marge is my favorite Disney princess. Deadpool <laughs> is my second. Deadpool is my second favorite Disney princess. Yeah, Bart Simpson's for sure my favorite Disney princess. He's the <laughs> Third best. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there are a few others that I will say do kind of seem crystal ball. Um, the one I will hit on biggest is the Siegfried and Roy tiger attack. That was a little bit insane. Um, that one almost feels like logic, though, because... Man, you can't tell me that they were really taking that good care of those animals. Right, and, but no. how, how many magicians across the country use live animals, live exotic animals, and are getting into that kind of stuff all the time? There's actually a lot of shows and a lot of people, I mean, like states like Texas where everything's legal, like people are just keeping that stuff in their front yard. <laughs> like, Isn't oh, that crazy? Hey, check out my tiger. <laughs> Is it got- crazy? Is it, isn't it? Like, it's just like, yeah, I've just got this exotic animal that I'm, like, totally not qualified or equipped to take care of. Here it is! Like, whoa, buddy, slow down! Oh, but- yeah, for sure. Like, I just saw in the news a few weeks ago, there was uh, somebody that went into, like, an abandoned house to, they thought was abandoned house to, like, just go smoke a joint or something like that. And the next thing they know, there's a tiger in the cage there. It's like... Who is keeping this tiger? This tiger's alive. What? What the hell's going on? That poor big kitty. <laughs> right. So they really. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like that one was less of a crystal ball one and more of a. 
okay, there might be something there to that, uh, specifically with the Siegfried and Royd reference, too. Okay, yeah, that being that specific, that makes sense, yeah. Right, yeah. So, uh, the other one that I point to a lot uh, is the covering up of Michelangelo's David, because they did that episode in season two back in 1990, mm-hmm. where there was a controversy with the Itchy, Scratchy, and Marge show. Oh, right, yeah. Itchy, Scratchy, and Marge episode. Mm-hmm. And there were references to that. And then just back in 2016 was when uh, you had a lot of people in Russia that were just like, we need to put some clothes on David. <laughs> Keep him <laughs> naked. He is hard. <laughs> oh, man. I I don't know if I'd call it that. <laughs> but It's, it's marble scar- sculpting. It's art. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> there there are plenty of jokes you can make there, especially about a marble sculpture of a naked man. But anyway, Good you point. leave that for what it is. Uh, some some of them have been kind of, eh, you know, like uh, predicting the Super Bowl winner. That's just like, okay, well, if you remotely pay attention to football, that's pretty easy to figure out exactly. who's going to win. Yeah, so... Uh, I will mention, though, that uh, there's a couple of episodes where they deal with technology, specifically uh, Apple as a reference, where they have done Simpsons episodes, and not only has Apple come out with technology to match it, but also uh, autocorrect, there was an Apple executive, I didn't write his name down, but he was talking about how they spent a whole bunch of time focusing on autocorrect because of how brutal the Simpsons were and making fun of them for what that would eventually become. So uh, they used the Apple device. The It was the predecessor to the iPhone, the Newton, back then. Yes. Uh, and... Uh, he tries to write down uh, beat up Martin, and I think it turns into something along the lines of uh, like bait out Margaret or something like that. I can't quite remember what it turns into, but basically, if you've ever been autocorrected, which I've been autocorrected a million ducking times, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, they they actually did come out and just went, all right. You know, we did get kind of lit up over that, and that's why we spent all this time focusing on this. Uh, same thing with smartwatches, because Apple uh, did their release of the first Apple Watch back in 2013. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was, I feel like that was a technology a long time coming, though, especially with Star Trek and everything else like that. Exactly. And I wonder how much of it is like almost self self fulfilling prophecy. Uh, I guess that's kind of the wrong thing. How much is it like uh, they're just kind of like dreaming of the future of like, hey, what if we had this? And then the tech companies are like, yes, what if we did have that? <laughs> exactly. You know, and uh, the only the only other one that I would give them credit for, which was uh, not crystal ballish, I would say, was the Ebola outbreak that they mentioned uh, way back in season nine, it was uh, Lisa Sachs episode uh, where Bart is sick and Marge gives him 
the book Curious George and the Ebola Virus, which I guess I've missed that one <laughs> somewhere along the way. <laughs> but um, that's something uh, way back in 98 that they nobody could have. I feel like nobody could have pointed to it that was going to be a problem in the future. And then no. just, just in the last few years, we've had serious Ebola freak out. So that's, you know, I that, that's one of those ones where I'm just like, yeah, they called that one and there's no crystal ball effect as far as that one goes. Not at all. Yeah. I almost wonder how much are like them just having knowledge of things that are on the fringe that like hasn't made it to mainstream media that they kind of like just chuck in as like small bits and then eventually just become part of mainstream media. Like the right. Ebola thing, maybe like they had like heard of an outbreak somewhere and they were like, huh, that's an interesting disease name. Let's toss that into this episode. And then like years later, it like actually became a massive outbreak that like was then in mainstream media. Yeah. And I mean, uh, there, there's other ones where like, uh, in the movie, the NSA spying scandal, that one was called ahead of time. But I feel like Americans at that point in 2007, when the movie came out, were feeling kind of disillusioned with the government in general. And I Mm -hmm. feel like that one was kind of an easy call. Extremely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and When Edward Snowden finally came out in 2013 and, you know, with all the revelations he had about NSA spying, it's just like, okay, that one wasn't really too far of a reach for that show. Yeah. So. Uh, What I do want to say about that is um, Edward Snowden. Simpsons did it first. Yep. (laughs) Simpsons did it first. (laughs) Oh, man. That's actually one of my favorite Family Guy jokes was they did uh, an episode where... uh, Peter Griffin stole a whole bunch of Nielsen boxes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> finally, he they actually did animated Homer in there. He's just like, help, I broke TV. And they, he goes, nope, nope, we did this one first. We can do it. <laughs> I think there's like but, an episode on The Simpsons, or not The Simpsons, uh, South Park about that too, where it's like Butters is trying to like do like a really dastardly plan as uh, Professor Chaos and his sidekick is just like, Simpsons did it. <laughs> Yep, Simpsons did it first. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure Seth MacFarlane's tired of hearing that crap. I mean, he's even talked about how big of an impact the show had on him, too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it really, the show opened up a new field that wasn't really a thing back in 1989. You know, animated TV wasn't, nobody was supporting that. It was insanely expensive to produce. Uh, the only way the Simpsons pulled it off was using Korean film studios in order to do it. I mean, it was just not something that had any real kind of backing outside of like children's cartoons. So an adult animated series, really the Simpsons were the ones that pioneered that. Exactly. Do you want to talk about the big prediction? The big prediction. 9-11. Oh, man. I don't consider that the big prediction. I consider that the big conspiracy. <laughs> okay, you were like, sorry, wrong word. You were so stoked about it when we were talking about it. Oh, man. All right. So, there's an episode with The Simpsons where 
there's a magazine cover that's got a giant nine cents. Nine dollars. Oh, I thought it was cents. Mm-mm. New York uh, on nine dollars a day. Okay. I thought it was cents. Nine dollars. And in the background of that picture, on the, it is a cover of a comic, are the Twin Towers. And this aired, I believe it was just two years before 9-11. Uh, somewhere right around season 10, I want to say. And there's just been so many insane conspiracy theories that have been thrown out since then about 9-11 being an inside job and whatnot. I just like to point out how that conspiracy theory is wrong. <laughs> you know, how are you going to construe one of the greatest mass casualties in American history off of a comic book cover of an animated TV series two years prior that's very 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 much reaching at that point extremely right i'll be honest when you first started talking about like when you first messaged me about this and everything i was like he is going to do like a deep dive into why it was a conspiracy theory and you completely had me fooled like (laughs) i was really convinced i like had convinced myself he was like i was like okay he's gonna like go through all the details about how it's like this greatest conspiracy theory and then you're like this is dumb as hell and i'm like whoa that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I'm for sure huge into conspiracy theories. There are some that I absolutely buy into. But, oh, yeah. Uh, as far as 9-11 goes, that's just one that, you know, and if you're reaching into the Simpsons to exactly. try to confirm your conspiracy theory, you're just automatically wrong. Uh, <laughs> like, I, like, actually... You know, had that in my notes. I was like, this one feels less like a prediction and more like an unfortunate uh, coincidence, especially like given the comments of the writers. They were like, guys, we <laughs> did not know that was going to happen. That was very concerning. People are like at us right now. Right. Like, no, no, no. And that's just, and that's just life sometimes. Sometimes exactly. you end up with those kind of coincidences and you're just going, man, this is going to hurt trying to explain this. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> But no, for sure, just uh, that, that was the main thing with that was just, I don't, there's a, a million conspiracy theories around 9-11, and I really have not bought into any of them. I just, that's a uh, very poignant moment in American history, recent American history, that, again, if you're reaching into something like The Simpsons or... um some, I think the other one was like a crazy Dennis the Menace comic that was in the Washington Post right before it happened and whatnot. I was just like, no, you you can't reach that far. No, like, that's that's too far extending. That's yeah. like hyper extending your elbow trying to get it. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that was that was. I, you're right. That is the big one as far as some people call that Simpsons predict the future. That's on Simpsons conspiracy theories that I just, okay. Yeah. There there are others, like I said, Higgs boson, boson, I should say. Higgs boson, you know, 
there's some logic there that, all right, maybe the writer who was a part of that was like, you know, right on the edge of breaking that almost uh, 15 years before it happened. You know, I buy into stuff like that, but uh, Mm -hmm. I for sure leave that 9-11-1 in the dust. So. So. Uh, I kept bringing up the movie because you had mentioned the movie, um, but we are getting pretty close on time. Uh, I do want to say that my favorite thing about the movie was that they got Green Day to do the opening theme. Yes. And then sank them in the river. (laughs) Yes. Yes, for sure. (laughs) My favorite part of that movie. (laughs) The the movie had a whole lot of stuff that I just loved. Um the you know as much as people would say that the show has a bend one way or the other as far as their opinion and everything i mean part of the one of the bigger parts of the movie is god ends up saving springfield so (laughs) i mean like anybody who would paint them as anti this side or that side that's just that's just not what it is it at the end of the day what the simpsons is is a very creative very uh educated fun look at society uh, and not always a look but sometimes they can jump that bridge between look at society versus this is literally just a distraction from society so exactly uh, and i think that's what any good tv show does uh especially if it's like an entertainment tv show so it just gives you a break from normal day-to-day life from how society is it's can get pretty ugly so i think having something light having a good solid family unit uh even with all of its flaws is really really nice i appreciate the simpsons i don't personally think they're getting stale but whatever that's just my opinion (laughs) well and all that crap is you know just exactly that crap because like i've seen i've seen articles online that argue like okay seasons um five through ten were the golden age of the simpsons but then i've also seen people like stated as fact that seasons 12 through 20 were the golden age of the simpsons so just like if you guys can't even agree on that then you're just wrong (laughs) exactly everything is just a subjective opinion like keep it to yourself i don't know i don't know what you want at me if you want it's coffee fuel ramp i had to change the twitter name (laughs) Did ya? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no, they just... And at the end of the day, they, they've got the awards to back it up. I mean... Oh, the, a plenty. The, the Emmys they've won. They've got a star on the Walk of Fame. I mean, they have made an impact on American society. And not just American. I mean, they, they're broadcast all over the world. They've been banned in a few countries, too. Uh, Anything good has been. Right, yeah. I mean, they were banned in China, so commies. <laughs> and uh, they were banned in Venezuela in 2008, and now you see where Venezuela's at. So <laughs> see what you did? You banned the Simpsons, and now look where you're at. You shouldn't have banned the Simpsons. <laughs> the Simpsons so, were keeping Venezuela together. <laughs> exactly. That was the one thing holding you together, and you banned them, and that was your shot. So. <laughs> But, uh, no, it's just been, uh, it's been 30 beautiful years of television. I won't say that every episode is beautiful. There are some that are just like, man, you guys reaching on this one. (laughs) Yeah. But then there are other ones that are, and that have been, you know, like I said, memories that stick with you. The, 
whole thing with uh, when Marsha Wallace died, that one really haunted me for a while. Yeah. Uh, early in the show, Homer, when he did uh, the, the sign hanging up in the plant that says, don't forget you're here forever, and he covered it with pictures of Maggie. Do it for her. Do it for her, yeah. That's another one. Like, if you're a fan of the show and that doesn't choke you up a little bit, I I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> I just, it's been, it's been an interesting ride. And I'm interested to see where it goes because they don't have any intention of stopping anytime soon. Matt Groening's even said that he's just like, we're not even anywhere near out of creative content. So let's do it. I'm very excited to see how it continues to grow and move forward. Mm-hmm. So that has been our episode, dear listeners. On The Simpsons, again, this is Coffee Field Rampage. I'm your host, Kylie. With me today was Joe. Joe, you have anything you want to plug? Uh, not specifically. I mean, if you want to argue with me about The Simpsons, uh, get on me at Twitter, at SparkyJoe82. Um, I, I do talk about The Simpsons a bit on there, but it's mostly political crap. So if you're not into that, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Just uh, today's uh, opening day. I'm pumped about Reds baseball. So <laughs> it's a good day for baseball. Actually, very sure. beautiful out today. Uh, sure. We actually, the podcast uh, has been uploaded to several different sites now. Uh, not only are we on Podbean, we are also on Pocket Cast, Breaker, Public Radio, and Spotify. I was so excited to get that email. I'm on Spotify. Yeah, Spotify's <laughs> a big one. I actually. Uh was just on Spotify listening again for the second time to Shrek today. So Oh, second time in a day. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That is a lot of Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, Spotify's a big one. It's huge. Working on Google Podcasts. Uh, <laughs> again, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it is at Coffee Fuel Ramp. I had to edit the name because I realized uh, at Coffee Field Rampage was too long. Uh, so it is at Coffee Fuel Ramp. Uh, I actually just got on board with a podcasting network. Uh, we're a startup network, a little gray boy network. Very excited to do that. I actually, one of the episodes I'm going to be doing next week is with one of the creators of that. Um, so I hope that you all enjoyed this episode and that you will continue to enjoy the future episodes. And I cannot wait to talk to y'all next time.